Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio with Nurse Michelle, your Thursday host. Today I want to talk to you about something that I think may be a lost art in our society. We've become so technologically advanced that we communicate so much through text, through telephone, and through social media that the art of hospitality may be one of the many things that are slipping away from us. I wanted to ask each of you to ponder if you go back into your childhood and say, was I raised in a home that had frequent guests in the home? Did your parents prepare meals and sit around the table with people other than your family members Or was it always a dinner table of just the kids of the house, the family, the mom and dad of the house? Or did you have Sunday afternoons and was a family that had church friends come over afterwards? Did you have children that were your friends in those churches that got to spend Sunday afternoons at your home? And do you remember as you grew into adulthood, getting to be a person that once you had your own home, maybe you were a young married couple and you started hosting dinners in your own home with friends that maybe were new young couples, new young parents of children. And what were those topics that became the topics around the table that were moments of significant change perhaps for you because your mind was expanded or a new idea was planted into your head. Today, I really thought this is something that is severely missing in our society. And it's wonderful that I have so many people that I now know. My primary Instagram account just hit 24,000 followers this week. And I'm really happy about that because that's 24,000 people that every time I share something that may have significant value, those 24,000 people could also likewise share that significant information with their community and take that information further than it would have gone if, let's say, I was back where I had originally started, which was at 50 followers. So I appreciate that. And there are thousands of people that I now know that I would have never known had it not been for social media. I have wonderful followers who have prayed for me, who've put me on their prayer list, who have become my friend. I have met them at social gatherings and speaking events. And I'm very thankful that my horizons have been broadened 
simply because of social media. So I don't want to devalue what is obviously a a life-changing thing. And talk radio, I listened to Rush Limbaugh all my life, all my adult life. I was pregnant with my now 33-year-old daughter when I first discovered him in Atlanta, Georgia on talk radio on 750 AM talk radio in Atlanta. And listening to him, there wasn't a week of my adult life that I did not hear something from Rush Limbaugh. So that was a life-changing influence that we have in our lives. And you all know that if you listen to me regularly, I do encourage you to make a point to speak to the strangers that are your checkout clerks or people who are stuck with you because they're your captive audience to always do what you can to speak and make an impact in the society around you. But there was a Bible verse that I learned about later in my life that was about being open to hospitality. And I honestly did not witness that as a child. During my upbringing, my parents were um, probably on the lower side of middle class, public school teacher, father. My mom did not have more than a high school education, but she worked with special ed children in the public school sector as a teacher aide. So both my parents worked within the education, the public education system. And yeah, we had the whole summers off. We would travel in campers and camp in tents and things like that because we had the summers off with two teachers that were my parents. But having large crowds at our house was not something that at all was common. So I remember the unique opportunities of my friends getting to come home and spend the Sunday afternoon after church with me. And the preacher's daughter was my best friend of my childhood. And I often was over at her house. And what stands out to me about that experience that I'm so thankful for is that in being a guest in someone else's home, On a semi-regular basis, my ability to witness another family's way of practicing family life was witnessed for my eyes, and that would continue throughout my childhood into my high school years where I would stay at friends' houses, and I liked to analyze people and observe their families and see what made them tick. I remember being at one friend's house. Their parents were very volatile, and she had a brother that, I'm not sure if he was special needs or not, but he was a gigantic adult, and we were 14, 15-year-old teenage girls, and I do remember him becoming violent, and she, she and I had to run into her bedroom and lock the door, and he beat the door down so hard that I really did fear for my life and wondered what he would do if he would actually make it through that door. And that was a life-changing moment that made me aware that there's some dangerous people out there and they're called somebody else's brother. Because in my house, the arguments that would happen between siblings were more um, just piddle-paddle, not much at all, tattletale, things like that. But Going in other people's homes, witnessing how marriages, how they interacted, 
I remember loving watching people love well and noticing when they did and noticing when they did not and noticing when fathers maybe of that household or brothers were extremely flirtatious with me and as a guest in that house and realizing how uncomfortable I was noticing other homes where we were left to our own. Nobody worried about whether we got up or whenever we went to bed, if we hopped in the car and went somewhere and when we came back. And I remember as a young girl thinking that was something that made me possibly be in danger. And I, and I seemed to crave boundaries that were not present. So in my experience as a young girl, I realized that going into people's home was a great opportunity for observation and like class was in for Michelle, that I got to observe another family's way of living so that when I had my own family, I started my family young and we married at 19 years old. I married my high school sweetheart and we would have our first child at 22 years old. Well, there was a lot of troubles and hard things that came into our marriage around that same time. And I remember realizing that based on the teaching that I was hearing in my church, that it was good for a man to have other men around him. And it was called being iron to each other, essentially iron sharpening iron so that men could become stronger and stronger. And I didn't fully understand what that really meant to to create that successful atmosphere for my family, for it to be potentially the most successful. What was it going to take to have a very successful family? Because when you start out as a young couple, you know, of course, what do you believe is going to happen? That love is going to see you through all the troubles and all you need is love. I think that's a Beatles song. All you need is love. But trials and tribulations come along and children are born and sometimes kids have disabilities or just life is tough with children. So you want to do what? You want to find sources of people that know more than you do. You want to seek out wise people and get the verse that also says there is safety in a multitude of counselors. So that means if you actually surround yourself with a lot of people who have wisdom, have experience, the chances of a better outcome increases. So that's what we would all want, right? So what started happening to me as a young mother was I started noticing that other young couples actually were in the habit of being open to hospitality. And let's talk about what does that actually look like? Most young couples are busy trying to figure out how to raise a child, hopefully reading some books as you can, asking other people you hopefully have around you that have good advice for you to say, oh, you should read this book or you should try out that book. And you're pouring through it because obviously getting into the books, we now have YouTube videos. If you're not a big book reader, you can listen to YouTube tutorials on how to nurse a baby, how to discipline children, how to have a strong and healthy marriage, right? But there's nothing like actually being in the company of other people 
people who actually have either gone on before you, maybe they have children older than you, or maybe they're in the trenches with you right now, exactly where you are, whether it's newlyweds, learning how to be good spouses for each other, or whether it's new parents, or whether it's parents of twins, or parents of large numbers, or parents that also homeschool, or parents who also public school. You get the idea. For Nurse Michelle, it was gatherings of young couples in our church that we all were having babies about the same time. And my personal recognition that my husband needed to be around other young men and the concept of iron sharpening iron could be a great investment in my marriage and in my husband. So we started first by being guests, by being people who were actually invited. So think about that. If I had never been somebody that somebody wanted to invite to an event, I may not have ever gleaned the wisdom and life exposures had I not otherwise been. I want to believe that eventually there would have been people that would have wanted to be around me anyways. And there would have been just groups that you would have gravitated to, but we all did want to be around each other. And what started happening was gatherings at each other's houses on Friday nights, everybody would bring a potluck dinner and we would share it with each other while our toddlers would waddle around the house and nursing babies were everywhere. And young fathers and young mothers were laughing about the trials of new motherhood. And I think that is a time in life where It's not uncommon for couples to want to try and find connection, but I'm not so sure if the marriage doesn't have two people both seeing a need for growth, if that would be something that would naturally happen or not, right? So in our case, it was a mutual interest to pursue fellowship with other people. So we would start gathering in each other's homes. And one of the things that first started happening to me was to expand my repertoire of food because I would be in the homes of others and learning about all these great opportunities for new recipes, things that we had never heard about growing up, never had cooked before. And this person had been cooking all their lives. But what was the most valuable time that I personally enjoyed that I felt like was such an important thing about being open to hospitality? It would be after dinner was over and all the cleaning up had happened and the kids were happy either watching a movie in the room all together. They at least were not, you know, trying to harm each other and us having to man them all the time. It was sitting around either the living room where all the couples would be or around the table after we had eaten. And topics of our lives would start to be discussed. And one very important moment happened when a particular young couple that was there who had a daughter that was just maybe a year ahead of my oldest, and I believe she was the oldest child of the group that was gathered there that night. And that couple decided to say at the dinner table, we are thinking about homeschooling Caroline. And when they said those words, it was the most bizarre thing because I'd never heard the word homeschooling in my life. And I mean, literally, and I was probably 23 
I'm 25, maybe at this point, 25 years old, maybe a little less. And somebody said they're going to homeschool. And literally all the other couples that were there, and there were probably six other couples gathered there, were equally shocked. And all of us gasped and said, what? You're going to do what? How are you going to do that? You mean you're going to teach your child? How are you going to know how to teach your child? There were just so many questions. And that topic became the topic of the dinner table to the point that this was not in the era of cell phones and the phrase, let's Google it. There was no Googling a topic just because you thought of it. In those days, you had to get a piece of reading material on it, whether it be a subscription to a magazine or a book, and you would have to learn something. But what we did learn was that there was a conference coming up, and I had a three-year-old daughter only at that time. And we all decided in 1993 that we were going to go to the Georgia Homeschool Educate Home Educators Convention, and I believe it was called um, G-H-E-A, Georgia Homeschool Educators Association. And sure enough, within a month or two of us having this conversation, we all attended our very first homeschool convention. And it was the most eye-opening, mind-expanding event of my life at that point. And what was so altering was that I went into a facility with all these friends and in this gigantic room that people who do travel and go to trade shows might could relate to, imagine a trade show room that is maybe the size of a football field and there are tables upon tables for as far as you could see and booths of homeschool material from every grade you could ever have to teach, every subject you could ever teach, and you would have a hundred choices for just math for kindergarten. And it was just an unbelievable experience and access to books and literature that I had never grown up with. I, I was not raised in a home that collected books or really encouraged us. If they did, it wasn't something that caught on for us to really read books. We read what was assigned to us at school. And sadly, in the public school that I went to, it really wasn't a large amount of book exposure. And for me, all the books that were required to be read were just life-changing for me. They all stood out to me. I remembered them vividly because I had not had that exposure. And just think how much more your child would even have a growing mind, growing ideas, growing insight, the more books and literature you do put before them. And if you're a young mother out there, a grandparent wanting to give advice to your growing children and grandchildren, it would be to get books into their lives of quality and audio books for those that are slow about reading or parents who are reluctant to get their kids reading. What I discovered at these homeschool conventions were audio books on history, wonderful entertainment for children, and so many pieces of curriculum. And what was the most valuable was that for three days straight, 
we all got a hotel and went to this for two nights, for three days, for eight hours. Every hour of that eight-hour day, there was at least 10 lectures going on on any topic you could possibly imagine when it came to parenting, raising children, and teaching them any subject. If they had a disability, how to deal with that disability, and then we would have speakers on being strong husbands, how to lead your family, how to financially strengthen your family, mothers, how to be good nurturers of your children, how to teach your children, how to discipline your children, because obviously a lot of the discipline when it comes to children is going to fall mostly to the mothers who are home with the children. The fathers are primarily going to be off at work. And that may sound chauvinistic or old world or even patriarchal if you let yourself think that way. But in reality, you know, the women who are women, we all know what a woman is, who can birth children are the ones who God intended to be able to provide that nurturing environment, the home environment. I believe that women, you know, in the nature of women, women are beautiful. God meant for them to be beautiful. They make the world beautiful. And in making the world beautiful by their presence, they also make their homes beautiful. It's like an art itself that women cultivate and they make their homes a lovely place for you to grow children in and a lovely place to have love blossom stronger between a husband and a wife. So the concept of growing your family better inside your home was something that was being taught in such a major way at this homeschool convention that for anyone that's out there listening that has never even thought they would homeschool, they love maybe the school environment that their children attend. Even if you do, I am telling you, it would be a great advantage for you to consider finding your state convention There's also a convention that travels all around all the states in the country called Teach Them Diligently. I'll be sure to leave you a link in my bio of the show notes and you can go click on it and find out when is it coming to you, near you. Maybe it's four hours at the top of your state or the bottom of your state or not convenient or maybe just minutes away. But trust me when I say it will be something worth doing for you and your husband to go away for a weekend and invest in listening to lectures that help you each be better at something you may not have even realized you were not paying attention to as an adult of being a better husband, being a better wife, being a better mother, being a better homemaker, a better baker, a better cook, and anything that you could possibly do. How to be a stronger family. It would be a huge investment in your family to even consider doing this once a year. So we did this and it was the beginning of what is now 29 years of homeschooling. And for those who may not have heard that before, I have graduated five of my six kids out of the homeschool world into the adult career slash college world. Some of them, almost all of them have done some form of college, but not all of them. And all of them are in the adult world, except for one. So we have a 15 year old that we are still 
has three more years of homeschooling. So I will have done homeschooling for 30, 30, 33 years by the time I am nearly 60 years old. Um, I'll be turning 56 this year. And I had him late in life. I had him at 40. So by the time he graduates high school, I will be near 60. It will have been one of the largest investments in myself and in my family I ever made. And that all started by being in a situation where somebody opened their home and was hospitable and encouraged others to bring food around the table and gather and share and laugh about the strengths and failings of parenthood. Because at any given time, you may be really doing exceptionally well in something like my daughter-in-law right now seems to just be the master of a newborn baby and nursing and just doing so well. She's always loved babies and kept a lot of children. And I would she looks like a baby whisperer, literally just has such a content child. And not everybody has that. And not everybody has a bent toward that. So if she were to speak at an event like this on what she does, she would give insight to other young mothers who are frustrated with their inability to do that or what they feel like they're struggling or failing to do. So gathering in each other's homes literally changed my life and the course and trajectory of my family's future. And I'm so thankful for that and want to express to you all to open your homes up. And if it's hard to cook, if you don't feel like you're a good cook, just simply be the person that says, everybody bring chili. This is chili night. Bring your favorite chili. You bring your cornbread, whatever it is that can make it easy, a spaghetti night, but whatever it is, make it easy on yourself so that you won't not do it. So after the break, we are going to come back and talk about some more on hospitality and perhaps some news going on in our culture. Remember that we have sponsors for Nurses Out Loud and for America Out Loud Talk Radio, and you can go to americaoutloud.com and americaoutloud.com slash nursesoutloud to find any of the nurses' articles and show notes. You could just click on our face and you'll find the name of the show you may be looking for. And there is also where you will also find the uh, citations that we will give you. If I tell you about a particular product or if I tell you about a particular link, you can always find it there. But also check out all of our sponsors because there's no way we could have this show if it were not for our sponsors. So remember, we have the Genesis Fogger that's out there that if you want to make sure to have that for your vulnerable people, I wanted to make sure you all know that when we had came home from vacation recently, we had accidentally left our compost sitting out in our kitchen and it was fermented so severely that the house reeked of banana peels and fruit and it was just awful. And for about 24 hours later, it was still really bad no matter how much we tried to air it out. And we actually thought... Why not pull out the Genesis Fogger that is so good about killing pathogens in the air and see if it has any success? And sure enough, it actually conquered the odors in my house by simply turning it on and getting it going. So Genesis Fogger is great for you to get for your elderly people. 
in your family to make sure that if they're getting regularly exposed to pathogens that might be vulnerable for them, yes, have it in there for them. But it also has the side benefit of conquering odors in the house. I'm so thankful to report that because it was quite bad to have all that going on. So we have the nasopharyngeal sanitation for nasal and oral iodine. And then you also can get access to my free doctor and to the um, TWC, the wellness company. If you're looking for medical care because your doctors are failing you out there, please be sure to check those out. They're on every page of AmericaOutloud.com. It's time and this is The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's Chief Medical Board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. It's time and this is 
COVID really changed things for all of us, and we can all think of many reasons why that happened. But when it comes to the subject of hospitality, obviously, when you are suddenly being told by your government that you cannot be around your workplace, much less your friends, and everyone is supposed to stay home, needless to say, hospitality is going to suffer and opportunities for fellowship is going to diminish. So what actually happened during COVID is something that people were probably already struggling to pull off, trying to have a hospitable home, wanting to do it, but rationalizing all the reasons why you can't do it. I can't have anybody over until my house is perfect. This project is huge and my spouse is not getting to it. So I don't want anybody over while this mess is in my house or this struggle with this particular child is yet another excuse that I've got to get through this struggle before I can have this friend over to my home or I'm never going to get this house painted. The list literally just doesn't end. And I'll tell you a little trick that we just sometimes just gave up and did that I would just give the kids all a clothes basket and just say, get everything up that doesn't belong wherever it is and bring the basket to me. And I would shove all those baskets in my master closet so that there would not be I Yes, we would not have dealt with it. Yes, that pile would be waiting for me on Monday morning after having the fellowship at my house. And yes, my master closet suffered. But ultimately, in the end, because we would make that choice just to go essentially hide the disasters, we would just have a disaster waiting on Monday and everybody would have to do it. And that was the price we had to pay for not conquering battles earlier, but we still at least would get the hospitality. So before COVID, we had all of our typical excuses, like I was just saying. But then comes COVID and everybody goes into isolation and a lot of people lost their friends over the mandates. People who you thought were your friends suddenly didn't want anything to do with you if you got it or if you didn't get it. So anybody out there listening could fall on any side of that category. And I haven't met a single person through COVID that hasn't lost somebody either to the disease through death or vaccine injury but more importantly, loss of friendships, loss of relationship. So we're all coming out of COVID here in 2023, honestly, really needing more fellowship with each other, especially now that you realize polarizing things have happened to our country and we need to find like-minded people and gather together and reinforce each other, help each other heal, and also perhaps strengthen each other, become the iron that sharpens iron to get ready for whatever may be coming and know who your people are in the event that you might need a bigger support system for whatever that might be. Now, some of you may know that uh, my youngest child, is get, youngest daughter is getting married recently, soon. And in all the planning that's going on, the wedding planner said to me that if you were inviting 150 people to a wedding before COVID, you might get 
a hundred people that RSVP and tell you they're going to come. But post-COVID, if you invite 150 people, you might actually have 170 people show up. And when she said that, I just thought, are you serious? Is that really what's going on? More people are coming to weddings after COVID? Because I, I hear a lot of people who are avoiding weddings because they're afraid of getting COVID still to this day, three years later. And the reality is, she says that people have been so isolated that when they get an invitation, they're eager beaver to get to do it. And all of you can judge for yourselves if you feel that way or not. But every time we go out to a restaurant now, I really savor everything we do now because I I remember what it felt like as a social butterfly, a person who loves to be out among people. I love to be meeting new people. And COVID lockdown was very isolating for a mom who was already home as a homeschool mom saying, get me out of here. I want to see some adults for a change. And I know what it feels like to be happy to be out and about living my life free again. But I wanted to just jog you all just to remind you to wake you up yet another way that we all need to be about opening up our homes because we have new friends, new acquaintances that it's time to let them into our lives and sit around the dining room table and have those really unique conversations. We have some major things that we need to talk about as citizens. So just think about the kind of things that could be talked about around your table right now with your new like-minded acquaintances. Find them, get them around their table, because we all need to be talking about what really happened. We need to be talking about to each other how we all lost friends and how we all found our new friends and our new acquaintances And showing that gratitude and that appreciation for those friends that you now have that you can't believe you didn't know before 2020. But the topics we obviously all need to be talking about are some things that you're hearing here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Now, we know that this is one of a very important uncensored news platform. And if you don't already know it, you can listen to it on iHeartRadio 24-7. It's always playing. And this is something we need to be sharing with the people that are, yes, in our community, which you could say to some degree are preaching to the choir because they may be like-minded like you. But even if they're like-minded, they may not have heard something that one of the nurses on Nurses Out Loud is exposing about the COVID vaccine or the COVID injured or the vaccine injured or the way that your community may have dealt with hospitalization. Each of you that are becoming new friends that you want to have around your table are people that need to be part of the movements within your community that investigate your hospitals, your doctors, your medical institutions, your public schools, your private schools, and also your board, your school boards, and what kind of curriculum may be being brought in because even though COVID was about an illness, in the midst of the illness, we got shoved down our throats, the BLM movement, uh, critical race theory, and also 
we have the Ukraine war, we have political unrest, we have people doubting whether or not the 2020 election was actually not accurate in the way that it was counted. New news is coming out about Dominion voting systems, and that kind of topic should be being discussed around our tables. We have politicians who were silent during this lockdown, and you may have thought, oh, they are on the same side I am. Maybe you're a person who voted red, and you have politicians in your state who were supposedly conservative, and they were silent during this pandemic. And those are topics we all need to be discussing with our new friends and new acquaintances around our dinner tables to say, how are we going to get rid of these people who prove to be useless during a very important season for your state or for your county? Did your local county officials shut down businesses where stickers and signs put all over your local mom and pop shops? Do you know of people who lost their businesses? And do you know who they are? You need to find out who they are and help them find access to legal justice to whoever may have imposed upon them the very thing that put their business um, tanked it, that actually put them into bankruptcy or made them lose their dream or something they built up for who knows how long, maybe a longstanding family business that couldn't make it anymore. Today, when we went to um, get some stuff preparing for the wedding, I was amazed to find some restaurants that we used to love that were mom and pop restaurants in a particular area, no longer open because of things like this, because they are in an academic area. And it seems like businesses that are in academic areas suffered more because there were so much more restrictions. Uh, Apparently those that were academic did seem to think they knew more than anyone else. And the way they showed that, I hate to say it to you all, is by following and doing as you were told instead of perhaps using your academic minds to read the actual data that was out there that contradicted something that you were being told. So that was happening. Also, you may have known of college students in your city or state who were being forced to get the vaccine. Maybe some of them became vaccine injured And it's going to be up to you gathering around tables, coming up with solutions and telling people about nocollegemandates.com and helping spread the word. Perhaps you're going to come up with flyers that you're all going to start distributing on the tops of cars in your local shopping centers, or you're going to pass them out to people who have masks on still and you want to help set them free and let them know that there's nasal oral sanitation with one percent iodine that they don't have to continue wearing masks that there is a better way and i'll leave a link in my show notes about the immune mist products that i represent that are one percent iodine nasal spray and one percent oral cleanse as well to be effective against COVID, flu, and RSV. And just like you have on the America Out Loud sponsors page, the CoFix. So we want to get information like that out. And it's going to take collaborating with your new friends and hopefully 
many of you still have a lot of your old friends still around as well. Whether it be old friends or new friends, we all need to be empowering each other to be a benefit in your county and in your state and in your country. Because we all know, those of us that I believe are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio, we all know something very bad happened to our country. And we all have a job to do. I have a dear cousin of mine who uh, was my favorite growing up, and I didn't get to see him very much because his parents were divorced and he was often being shuffled between Georgia and his mother's state of Arkansas. So we had these great memories whenever he would get to come and stay with our mutual grandmother and we would have these great memories. And just recently he reached out to me. The last time we had seen each other was when that grandmother had died. And it was wonderful to get to have that reuniting time. And a lot of the cousins come around my home and all of us start to talk as adults and share where our lives have all gone. But he went back to Arkansas. And we haven't heard much from each other. Neither one of us have really reached out like maybe perhaps many of you stopped reaching out to your relatives because of the COVID insanity that's happened that has isolated us so much from not only our communities, but also from people maybe that you already had a hard time keeping up with. But he had told me that when he was recently having the tornadoes that came all through Arkansas and probably five states across our country in March, I believe it was, that he just felt an incredible burden to get up, get his chainsaws, get all his equipment and actually go and do something about it. So even though he's in a suburb of Little Rock, he got himself in a truck and just decided that he was going to stop at any house that looked like they needed help and just start chainsawing and making it possible to help people. And he did it from Little Rock, Arkansas, all the way up to Um, Cabot and Wynn, Arkansas, so much devastation was seen by these counties. And he just was one person that made a huge difference. And his church did it. And he told about hundreds of other people that came from around the country that made an impact there. And that was just for a natural disaster. All of us don't have major natural disasters happen in our communities, but sometimes that does happen. And it does seem like every time we turn around, There's some kind of chemical spill or some kind of danger to our communities. Well, gathering around our tables and talking like friends and and becoming iron that sharpens iron to make each other better people, find out what each other's strengths are, what you can do as a pair or a group of who knows how many that you could gather in your home. You can make a difference in your community. One of my favorite classes in college was my biology, microbiology, human anatomy, and physiology. And I had the same professor for all three of those that were required for nursing. And one of the things that that professor said um, regularly, I don't think we had a class that didn't say it. And I should look him up so that I can make sure to give him this citation and tell him that one of his students repeated over and over throughout my entire life that's now more than half of a hundred, the phrase that he always said, and it was, if so, why so? If not, why not? 
And I've loved that statement because I love the concept of, you know, questioning what's going on. Why is it going on? And if it's not going on, why is it not going on? So if we're all trying to be about sitting around the tables, gathering together with new friends and old friends to figure out what did just happen and why did it happen? And and if if something didn't happen, why didn't it happen? And how can we be that solution, right? I'm a person that is more than half of 100 years old. Never would I have thought that I was going to be a social media influencer. That's not exactly something someone in my age group would ever aspire to. And yet what happened that got me there was first suffering as a COVID patient in the COVID unit in 2020 and finding myself there and my eyes being open to NIH and city and state guidelines that limited COVID patients from gaining access to life-saving medical treatment. Yes, that is accurate. Life-saving medical treatment was denied of patients in the COVID units all across this country. And if you don't think it happened in your city, I can guarantee you that you are mistaken. It has happened in every state in this country. And we need to know why that happened and why life-saving treatments were not provided to COVID patients. If you know somebody whose loved one was killed in a hospital, that would be a close to accurate statement to say. Because if a medication was given to them called remdesivir, it had a significant mortality rate associated to it, kidney failure, renal failure, etc. And if they were septic and they were denied access to the FLCCC, Frontline Critical Care Coalition of Doctors, life-saving treatment involving ascorbic acid, vitamin C, intravenously, and you had somebody that knew about that and you tried to get that information to the hospital and they refused to do it. Yes, we're talking about significant crimes against humanity happening all over this country. So when I woke up to that because I was that patient who was being denied nebulizer breathing treatments because the NIH saw fit to say that no COVID patient should have a nebulizer breathing treatment, even though you had difficulty breathing. And we won't go into all the details for why they rationalized that was ridiculous. To deny me that treatment, it took Michelle realizing that as a nurse, what it took to survive myself, and that if you were not a nurse, or a person with medical knowledge, you might not have a chance if you didn't know the things you needed to ask for. So a burden was put on my heart that I'm sure was of the Lord to be about my father's business and to extend my hand and my knowledge to those who do not know it, what they need to know. You don't know what you don't know, right? And that's how this became Nurse Michelle now on America Out Loud Talk Radio was me just first opening my mouth and speaking to whoever could hear me initially at 50 followers, then a thousand followers, as it became five, six, seven thousand, and now is 24,000 followers. And that's just on one of my accounts. So the point I'm making here is that there is something that we all can be doing. 
we all have probably had a little bit of a nudge telling you to say something, to do something. I want to encourage each of you to be about figuring out what it is you can do. If you're a person that feels like, I really just don't have a big audience, Michelle, to be able to speak to. Well, if you go to the grocery store every week, then you are in the presence of others that haven't heard something that you actually think about. I am always amazed every time I'm at a checkout and my family just rolls their eyes because they know I'm going to do it and there's nothing going to stop me. That when I'm waiting for you behind my favorite little Mediterranean restaurant to fix my bowl of kava, I am going to ask you, are you a student at the local college? And if the answer is yes, I'm going to find out whether or not you were mandated to get the vaccine and whether or not you got it or not, how many you got, if you know if it was a Pfizer vaccine, Moderna, or if it was a Johnson & Johnson. I will ask you if you did well with that vaccine. And if you didn't, I will ask you what your symptoms were. And you know what's amazing? is almost never do I have a person tell me that they had zero symptoms after that vaccine. And never do I hear that anyone ever had a doctor or a medical professional tell them how to get it reported to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System known as VAERS. They don't know it. The young man that I was asking at a restaurant recently said, I'm sure that my own children, when I have them one day, are going to come out with multiple legs and arms. Think about that. A young, very fit, healthy young man is thinking that his future has been impaired, that he's going to have severely handicapped children simply because the college mandated him to have to have a vaccine to continue his education. These are the stories that we must gather from our communities. We must write op-eds to our local papers and find ways to get them told because these stories need to be told from the ones that are harmed. And those of us that hear them need to make sure those stories get put before places that can affect change, whether that be your local radio station or reaching out to America Out Loud on our email portal. So if you just go to americaoutloud.com slash nursesoutloud, you'll see an option to be able to drop us an email. And you may know somebody whose story needs to be put out on the air so others can hear it and be impacted by the story you may have already been impacted by. Before I forget, I want to make sure to remind you to watch Sound of Freedom, which is airing July 4th, midday. So try to watch it with your family on opening day and buy your tickets in advance. I'm going to leave a link in my bio. As you all make your personal goals to be better about opening your homes to hospitality, I want you to be benefiting from that fellowship and growing friendships, but I encourage you to be very goal-oriented in what you're doing. There are purveyors of propaganda in your community. Name them, expose them, make the truth known. Share the stories you hear on America Out Loud. All our shows go to podcasts within one to two days of airing live on iHeartRadio. You can hear them anywhere you listen to podcasts. Copy the link and drop it in a text. Drop the links on Facebook and on other social media links and your neighborhood chat forums. Be the person who helps your neighbors find their voice. 
Remember, courage is contagious. Each of us can make an impact and affect change. Be that person who touches the lives of others. Be the person who smiles and gives that person cheer for the day. Just by simply sharing what you have learned and know with strangers, you can make a huge impact. I'd love to hear from you and your success stories of being open to hospitality. So please drop me an email on America Out Loud, Nurses Out Loud email link. Until next week. It's time